Good morning. <laughs> we're here, we're here. Welcome to Second Union Church on this Pentecost Sunday. Uh, the Bible tells us that in Israel, Pentecost was the celebration of the beginning of a harvest. If you paid attention in Sunday school, you'll remember that the Bible describes several festivals and celebrations. Passover, for instance, celebrates the deliverance from slavery in Egypt. And another is the Feast of First Fruits that celebrates the beginning of the barley harvest. And then there is Pentecost that celebrates the beginning of the wheat harvest. But of course, we as Christians observe Pentecost not to celebrate a wheat harvest, but to celebrate the beginning of the harvest of souls. This day commemorates the day when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples in Jerusalem after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus as is described in Acts chapter two. Many Christians mark this date as the beginning of the Christian church and the beginning of its mission in the world and the beginning of a new church year. So I say to you all, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Okay. Uh, before we actually begin, let me go over a couple of announcements that we have. Uh, in your bulletins, you have a listing of the activities of the week. Uh, of course, on Tuesday, we have the ladies' lunchtime Bible study at noon. The men's breakfast on Wednesday at 7 a.m. Thursday is an online prayer meeting via Zoom, and the connection details are in your bulletin. And Friday, of course, the young people meet with our good brother, Gustavo. I also take the moment to remind you that uh, you can support our ministry, support our efforts uh, through our website, uh, PayPal uh, connection, and there's also ATH Mobil, uh, which is also in your bulletin, but it's also on our website. So. And then today is also a special Sunday because we welcome, once again, Pastor Darrell Parker. Parker that, that Pastor, Barrel, Pastor Darrell has stepped up to help us out during our transition to our new pastor. For many years, he was the pastor at Wesleyan Community Church, now Christian Community Church. He also lived in China for many years, uh, starting in 2010. More importantly, he is no stranger to Second Union, having been with us many times before and a good friend to Pastor Bob. He has strong ties to many of us, but the most important thing is that he is a man of God. He is a man after God's own heart, and we welcome him. We will have a reception after the service this morning in the Fellowship Hall. You're all welcome to attend and to greet Pastor and uh, join in our, in our fellowship there. All right. If you look in your bulletin, we will go to the uh, call to worship, and uh, we will read responsively. The Holy One calls our sons and our daughters to prophesy. The Holy One calls our young people to see visions. The Holy One calls our elders to dream dreams. The Spirit of the Holy One is poured upon all flesh. We come ready to be filled with God's Spirit. Amen. And now then, if you will rise and take your hymnals, we'll turn to hymn number 544, The Church is One Foundation. This was a, a hymn written many years ago by an English cleric and it embodies many of the principles in the Apostles' Creed. So join us in that song.
Thank you. That's good singing. It's, it's been said that when churches, new churches are opened, a pastor can usually count on two things. One, cold chicken, and two, the singing of the church's one foundation. But now let's turn to hymn 461, Breathe on Me, Breath of God. Next, hymn number 463, Revive Us Again. seated. Join me now as we read in unison the prayer of confession. It's found in your bulletin. Spirit of truth, giver of visions, sender of dreams, our hearts remain troubled and afraid. We fear the future 
forgetting your promise to do whatever we ask in your name. You promise to fill us with new vision, to give us gifts of prophecy and dreams, yet we act as we are on our own, forgetting your promise to fill us with your spirit. You tell us that we are not alone and that you are always with us. Forgive us when we forget and we fail to keep your commandments to love you and one another. Amen. We'll now pause for a moment of silent reflection. Thank you, Father, that we have the assurance of forgiveness. Thank you for the scriptures which tell us if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you that we have a mediator between us and you, the man Christ Jesus. We are a grateful people. We are a humble and today in Second Union Church we thank you for forgiveness and grace thank you for grace thank you for mercy and we receive your forgiveness your grace and your mercy in Christ's name now I'm learning how it works here. Okay, so I may make a few mistakes the first couple of weeks. Don't stone me. You know, I'll get it. I'll get it. So I asked him yesterday. I saw the bulletin, and it said, Expressions of Joy and Thanksgiving. Aren't you glad you're in church? <laughs> Better than any hospital in town. Yes. You can't hear me. Can you hear me now? That would be a great thing for a, a phone company. Can you hear me now? <laughs> Some of you aren't old enough to know that one. Okay. Uh, pastoral prayer. So I, because Pastor Bob had this down. You know, when I would come and Pastor Bob would pray that pastoral prayer, and he knew everything that was going on. I'm like, how does he know all this stuff? He must be a great pastor. I don't know anything. And um, I don't have internet yet. So I couldn't, they were going to email me the prayer requests, but I didn't get them. So I'm going to pray for the church. And you're going to be merciful towards me for not knowing your name and your situation. And by next week, I'll know him. And you'll think, in one week, he learned everything. No, you're, you're not going to think that. So let's pray. We lift up our hands in the name of the Most High God. And we pray for the church, the church universal. Oh, Lord, we pray that the church would be one. We pray for the church in Ukraine, that you would comfort and you would use the church in Ukraine to bring comfort to the people. We pray for the church in Russia, that you would use your church there. We pray for the church that is so oppressed in Afghanistan, that you would protect them and give them grace in their situations. We pray for the church in the United States, Revive us again. Revive us again. Revive us again. We pray for those who mourn in Texas today. But the Holy Spirit is known as Comforter. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for the comfort of the Holy Spirit for those who mourn today, especially in Texas and Oklahoma and Buffalo. We pray that you'll bring about whatever change is necessary to stop this. We pray for our president. Pray that you would give him wisdom 
that you would give him wise advisors and counselors. We pray for our governor. You would bless him and give him wisdom and teach him to call upon you and ask for your help and your guidance. We are needy people. We confess our need and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Are we going to do the Gloria Patri? It said, we come ready to hear the word of God. We come ready to see visions. We come ready to dream new dreams. We come ready to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. Oh, that's a great prayer. Oh, I am ready. Are you ready? All right, here comes the prayer of illumination. We're ready, Lord. We are ready to hear the word of God proclaimed. We are ready to hear what you have to say to us about the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church. We are ready. Open our minds, open our eyes, open our ears to hear the word of God in Jesus' name. And God's people said? Amen. Okay, now I'm a, and God's people said kind of guy, so that means you can say amen. Okay, I won't fall off my bench. And uh, let's stand for the reading if you can. It's um, found in Matthew's gospel. I put my glasses somewhere. I won't be able to read them without this. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, verses 13 to 19. If you're not familiar with that, it will be on page 18. This is the, the, let's read. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others, Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven this is the word of the Lord amen you may be seated now I'm setting my little timer I'm being a good fill-in pastor and working with the schedule let me set it right here See here. What? Stopwatch. First of all, thank you, 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 thank you for this privilege. I was talking with Nina before the church, Nina and I have been friends for many years. And uh, I almost started crying. I am so grateful to be here with you at Second Union Church. And I want to say thank you for this privilege and this time of transition. And uh, thank you to all the people who worked so hard. You know, I was able to go to the condominium last night and sleep well. Kim will be arriving in about oh, three and a half weeks. Our last daughter is our fourth daughter. Last one so far, <laughs> anyways, um, is going to have a baby. And in our family's tradition, when you have a baby, your mom comes and is like your slave for two weeks. 
and she takes care of everything so that you can spend time with the baby. So uh, she will be here as soon as, as the baby is born and she'll be with us. I know she, she's gonna be watching this uh, later on, on the internet. Okay, does everybody have one of these little note thingies in your bulletin? As far as I know, for the next nine weeks, we're gonna do two sermon series, two. The second sermon series, I really love what David said, is going to be about, we're gonna learn about our God through some of the hymns of the church. Colossians 3.16 says, be filled with the spirit and come to know more about God as you sing hymns and songs, spiritual songs, making music in your heart. And we're gonna learn about our God, but not just theology, but how it applies to our lives. Yes, I'm doing something wrong again. All right, now am I on? Okay, thank you. Um, so we're going to learn for the, the last six weeks about that. But for the next three weeks, the next three weeks, you don't want to miss. You don't want to miss. Now I told myself I'd be dignified. I'm going to try really hard. <laughs> but we are going to talk about build back better. I saw some of your faces. I know just what you thought when I said, build back better. I am not gonna talk about our president's plan. I have no opinion on that subject. I am apolitical. If you're a Democrat, I love you. If you're a Republican, I love you. If you bleed red in Puerto Rico, I love you. If you bleed blue in Puerto Rico, I love you. If you bleed green or purple or whatever other colors we have now, I love you. So it is not political, I promise. But we're gonna talk about build back better. Build. Jesus said, I will build my church. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. Tomorrow, back. I go to prepare a place, I'm not tomorrow, next Sunday. I go to prepare a place for you and I will come back. That's the hope of the church. Jesus Christ will come back. If you like this morning's sermon, I hope you will. Next Sunday, oh, oh, and then better, better. What could be better than heaven? So the third week, we're gonna talk about heaven, heaven, heaven. It's gonna be so good. It's gonna be so good. So hopefully you can follow the notes. That way, it's either two things. You can, you can follow along and learn, or you can say, how long until he's done? Okay, either way, you can go with it. Let's pray. Lord, we've already prayed for prayer of illumination. We're ready. Open our eyes. Open our ears. Open our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Ecclesiology. You didn't think I knew such big words, did you? Ecclesiology is a study of the church or the doctrine of the church. If you ever go to seminary, you're gonna to have to take at least a quarter on ecclesiology and know the doctrine of the church. It comes from the word ecclesia, which means the called out ones. That the church has been called out of darkness into his marvelous light, and we are the saints of God. Um, you know, we start with this first point, right there on your notes. Make no mistake, Jesus Christ is passionate about the church. Will you say that with me? Will you say that with me? And say it like you mean it, okay? One, two, make no mistake, Jesus Christ is passionate about the church. There are two aspects of the church. If, we're, if I'm gonna give you an introduction to ecclesiology, there is the church universal, number one. If you have a pen, that's what you're gonna write on that first line. The church universal, for those who are familiar with the creed, I believe in one holy Catholic church. Some people get offended when they say Catholic. So some people say, I believe in one holy universal church. But there is only one church. And it consists of all from the beginning of the church till the last soul who comes to Christ before Jesus returns. From every country. So us, us Protestants, we break up into our own little families. The Baptists and the Pentecostals and the Presbyterians and the Episcopalians. They're all part of the church. The Roman Catholic Church, they're part of the church. The Greek Orthodox, the Coptic, the Russian Orthodox. There is one church universal. And Jesus, oh, there it goes again. 
So, do I need to use this one instead? Okay, here we go. Turn this one off. Thank you. Once again, we're learning the we're learning the ropes. You know, give me some grace here. Give me some grace. Amen. And then there is number two, the church local. The church local. The local church. Do you realize that almost all of the New Testament epistles were written to local congregations? Corinthians was written to a local church in Corinth. Ephesians was written to a local church in Ephesus. And each of these churches had their own quirks, their own sins, their own struggles. And so the Lord wrote churches, letters to these individual local congregations to address them. But they apply to all the church. The church in Thessalonica, Thessalonians. First and second Timothy was written to a young pastor so he'd know how to pastor the church in Ephesus. Titus was written to a young pastor in Crete so he would know how to pastor the church in Crete. The church, there are two aspects of the church. The church universal, we are, Second Union Church is part of it. We are part of the historic Orthodox Church. And I say, thank God. We're not some weird cult. And then there is the church local. All right, let's go to number two. I'm going fast. There are three analogies for the church in scripture. There are three analogies for the church in scripture. The body of Christ. All right, now we're going to try to read some scripture. Let's, you know, who cares what Daryl says? What does the words say? Okay. Would you turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. If you like, I'll use this Bible and I'll even tell you the page number because maybe you don't have the foggiest idea where 1 Corinthians is. It's right before 2 Corinthians. All right, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. You will find it on page 174. Oh, we could have a sword drill. Who can get it first? 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ. This you would be the Spanish version of ustedes. You all. There's another verse where it talks about you, speaking of individual believers. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But this verse is talking about the local church. You, ustedes, are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So number one, there is the body of Christ. That is one of the, the analogies. The second one is the bride of Christ. Now, the book after 1 Corinthians would be what? So, oh, you're so smart. 2 Corinthians 11.2. Your notes say 1 Corinthians, but that's a typo. 2 Corinthians 11.2, page 184. Paul also loved the church passionately because he knew Jesus loved the church passionately. And he said, I feel a divine jealousy for you, for I promised you in marriage to one husband to present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. He was talking about the church <clears throat> as the bride of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23, it talks about literally the church is the bride of Christ. So there are three analogies. The, bride of, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, but number three, the one we're going to spend our time on today, the building of Christ or the temple. The building of Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.16. I, 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 we will look at that one together. 1 Corinthians 3.16 is on page 167. Is this thing making people laugh at me? hope is that okay first corinthians 3 16 do you not know this is ustedes that you are god's temple <clears throat> and god's spirit dwells in you we are the body building of christ we each local fellowship and the church universal is the temple the building of christ and let's remember our scripture that we started with jesus said i will build my church so let's go to point number two point number two building principles for the church building principles for the church i slept <coughs> in front of an air conditioner last night that was not a smart move so my voice is a little scratching please forgive me i will move the bed today i did not know 
All right, number one, building principles for the church. Number one, God gives the growth. God <coughs> gives the growth. He may use programs. He may use books. He may use different strategies, but it is God who builds the church. If we look together at 1 Corinthians 3.7 on that same page, 1 Corinthians 3.7, but we, uh, let me make sure I got the right verse here. 1 Corinthians 3.7. But we speak God's wisdom secret and hidden. Uh, that's not the right verse. Oh, two, three, seven. So neither the one who plants or the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. If Second Union Church is going to grow, it's going to be God. It's not going to be your next pastor. It's not even going to be us. It's going to be God. God gives the growth. Jesus said in John 15, 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. On your notes, nothing of eternal value happens without God's doing. Nothing. Do you know what the Greek word for that is and what it means? Nothing. Nothing of eternal value that Second Union Church will do will be anything unless God blesses it. It is God who gives the growth. Look at that. We're on the second half of the notes. Number two. Now, some of you may not agree with this one, but at least I'm going to give you food for thought. The will of God is that his church grows. And we can agree to disagree, but the will of God is that the church grows. Revive us again. Revive us again. Revive us again. Jesus did not say, I will maintain my church. Jesus said, I will build my church. How do we grow? The church grows in maturity. That's very, 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 very important. And that's why we have so many ministries here in, in Second Union Church. It's his will that we grow in maturity. Can we look at Ephesians chapter 4? Can you beat me there? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13, page 194. Great verse on church growth. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, page 194. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For what? To equip the, church, the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the building up the body of Christ, what will that look like? Until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity. To maturity. It is God's will that the church grow in maturity. You should be growing in your faith in Jesus. You should be becoming more and more like Jesus. I should be becoming more and more like Jesus. I am maturing. Hopefully I am not the same person I was a year ago that I am growing and I am maturing in Christ. It is God's will that the church grow in maturity and it is God's will, wait a minute, once again, you can agree to disagree, that the church grow numerically. That the church grow numerically. Once Jesus said, I will build my church. He gave us the great commission that would, we would go out and make disciples of all nations, that we would share our faith in word and in deed by lifestyle, that the church would grow in mat maturity and numerically. Now you may say, I can think of, some of you, I can read your minds. No, Pastor Parker, we just lost our pastor of 19 years. He was the best thing since sliced bread. And now, <laughs> we have you for a little while, you know, and, you think the church is going to grow numerically? Uh, yeah. Yes, I do. Let's see, who do I believe? You or Jesus? It is God's will that the church grow numerically. Pastor Parker, you've been gone from Puerto Rico for 11 years. Do you know how the English-speaking culture has changed in 11 years? Probably not. But I know a God who says, with God, nothing is impossible. And I know a God whose son said, I will build my church. And he will build it in maturity, and he will build it numerically. Can I get an amen? amen? Well, you can think about it. But it is God's will that the church should grow in maturity 
and, and numerically. And number three, God uses us, you and me, to build his church. God uses us, nosotros, you and me, to build his church. Let me see my notes here. Make sure I stay with them. 1 Corinthians 12, we're not going to read the whole chapter. If, you want, if you're really into notes and you want to know it, then you read the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians when you get home. It's the whole body of Christ concept, that we all need each other. The eye needs the nose, the nose needs the ear, the hand needs the foot. We are the body of Christ and we need each other. God uses us, you and me, to build his church. Let's look at one scripture, 1 Corinthians 3.9. 1 Corinthians 3.9. Oh, look at that. I turned right to it on page 167. For we are God's servants. We. We. Okay, turn to the person next to you and say, you are God's servant. You. Yes, you. That would be you. You are God's servant. We are God's servant. He uses us to build the church. We are God's construction crew. We are God's construction crew. We might be a motley-looking crew, but we are God's construction crew, and he will use us to build his church. Amen. All right, let's wrap it up. Building strategies for the construction crew. If I hired you as a construction crew, I would give you some strategies for building. Let me give you three, with the third one being mini points. Number one, we work together. We work together. going to stand behind the pulpit the whole time. Wait a minute. You know when you have that? Oh, no, wait a moment. We work together. If we all work together, together. Did you ever sing that song in Sunday school when you were a little child? If we all work together, how happy we'll be for my church is your church and our church is God's church. If we all work together, how happy we'll be we, I sang that in Sunday school, that dates me, but uh, D.L. Moody taught it to me. No, 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 no. We work together. Number two, we must persist. It is not going to be easy. If you think you're going to sit there and you're going to watch God's church grow, you got another thing coming. It is not going to be easy. Nowhere in the scripture does it say that building his church would be easy. And if you look at the testimony of scriptures and you see what happened, it was not easy. Galatians 6, 9, Galatians, Galatians 6, 9 says these words, it's on page 191, so let us not grow weary in doing what is right, don't poop out, let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we don't give up, which leads me to my, one of my favorite Winston Churchill quotes. I know Winston Churchill, if you know anything about history, he was a unique man, but he said some great things. He said some great things, and in the darkest days of World War II, when they were worried about the Blitzkrieg, he stood up before the British people and he said, with my best British accent, never give up. Never, never, never give up. It's not scripture but it's a good building strategy for the church. Never give up. Never, never, never give up. It has nothing to do with sermon, but can I read you one more quote he said? I just thought it was so good. If you're going through hell, keep going. Isn't that great? If you're going through hell, keep going. Don't give up. Nobody said that being in, wait a minute. Don't raise your hands. But how many of you know that being married sometimes is challenging? You know? Yeah, so don't, 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 Louise, please, I love you, don't get in trouble. Being married is challenging, but we don't give up. Being a part of a church is challenging, but we don't give up. We don't give up. We will persist. Our attitudes while building. Here we go, I'm going to go fast. It's for him, 
and his glory. It's all about him. It's all about him. We are not building a kingdom to glorify Second Union Church. Thank you, sir. I even brought, thank you, sir. It's for him and his kingdom. You can look at the scriptures when you get home. Letter B. Oh, <laughs> no grumbling or complaining. Oh, did you have to say that one, Pastor? Oh, you know those people at that church. Why did she do it that way? Why did they put that there? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. Look into what they say. This is a great building crew attitude. Ephesians 2, 14. We, oh, let me, Ephesians 2, 14. Well, that's not the right verse. But it says, stop grumbling and complaining. Okay, number, letter C. We work in Jesus' name with thankfulness. We work in Jesus' name with thankfulness. Colossians 3.17, next to the last scripture. Colossians 3.17 says these words. Whatever you do in word or deed, as, as part of this construction crew, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, to the Father through him. Everything we do at Second Union Church, we must do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through him. And finally, oh, we, we, we will read this one. First uh, Thessalonians 5.11. First Thessalonians 5.11. Encourage, build each other up. Encourage other people. I really like the way whoever, wait a minute, whoever picked this call to worship, who did that? That was really good. I really like that. I just, oh, I read that yesterday like, oh, yes, yes, yes. We need to build each other up. Isn't it interesting? In 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, 11, it says, therefore, encourage one another and build up each other as indeed you are doing. Some of your Bible says edify. Build up one another. Look for something good in somebody. Oh, Gustavo, you do so great with our youth. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Build each other up. Let me close with one scripture, and I really am closing. Let me find it. So last week, I'm, I'm reading through the scriptures chronologically, and I was in the post-exilic books, which would be Ezra, Nehemiah, Haggai, and Malachi. If there was ever a time when a group of people were in transition, much more so than Second Union Churches right now, it's Ezra, Nehemiah, with the prophets Haggai and Malachi. They had been in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. They were being allowed to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls and to rebuild the temple. It was no easy job, very difficult. And they were going through difficult times as they transitioned. It really, it's amazing how much, if you want to read something interesting, you have to kind of read them together. But here we go. I want to read to you Haggai 2, 4 and 5, and 7 to 9. Um, I'm going to adapt them a little bit. You can follow along in your Bible if you want. I wrote them down right here. He says, be strong, not once. Be strong, not twice. Be strong. Three times the prophet Haggai told the people in this time of transition, be strong, be strong, be strong. What would I say to you as your fill-in for this time? Be strong, be strong, be strong. We will be strong. Let me go on. What happened to the next page? Oh, because he, and, and the Lord says, and now, <laughs> I'm not making this up. This is really in Haggai. And now, get to work. I did not make that up. That is in the Bible. Get to work, for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you. Amen, 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 amen. Just as I promised. So don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid. We will not be a fearful, fear-filled people. We will be a people who extend grace to all. And we will build the church as he enables us. I will fill the... Oh, listen to this. I am not making this up. So I knew I was coming to Second Union Church. So, of course, I've been praying for Second Union Church. And I come to this verse. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Fill this place with glory. Fill this place with glory. To the returning exiles who needed everything, they they really needed finances to rebuild the temple and the walls of Jerusalem. So to them he said, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I think to Second Union Church he would say, everything you need for this work is mine. Whatever we need, he's got it. And he will provide it. And it closes with these words. The future glory, and it talks about the temple, but I'm changing the word. The future glory of this church will be greater than its past glory. Can I get an amen? The future glory of this church will be greater than its past glory. Amen, 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 amen. If you don't believe it, that's when you pray, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Help me to get there. Says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I love this place, this verse as I close. And in this place, I will bring peace. Don't you want to come to church and leave feeling in this place? My hope and my goal is that you'll be able to bring your friends and they come here and it's like, I feel something. I feel peace. And God's people said, so that's this. Oh, so next week, next week, back The Lord is coming back. For many years, I went to an African-American church in the inner city, East Providence. And when we really liked what the preacher would say, we would wave our white hankies. Okay, so the Lord is coming back. That's next week. Let's take out our bulletin. Oh, yes, what am I supposed to do? Communion, what am I supposed to do? Offertory. I brought mine. So what do we do? I'm so sorry, I didn't ask. Just 